Hey everybody, it is Tuesday. Welcome to the show. It is Heading Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I am half the Scots. I am Scott Steen, a lead handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And together, we make up Heading Back to the Window because that's what we always want to be doing, especially this holiday season. You want to be cashing those tickets and making that turkey money. Uh, well, Scott, how'd yesterday go for you? Overall, not too well. It wasn't awful, though. It was kind of fine. I uh, ended up losing my play today with a player prop. Uh, pl- blowouts and foul trouble where overs go to die because Valanciunas barely played. That was unfortunate. But besides that, it was an okay day. Ended up live betting some college basketball games. Gonzaga killed Central Michigan like I thought they would. And, yeah, basically broke even. You? There you go. Uh, Eric Stiles says, let's get it tonight. We're ready. Oh, Eric. and I won my fantasy football matchup. So it could oh, be worse. Oh, God. I almost forgot how much I cared about that. That's, f- you didn't. that's such but great. You asked how my day was. It definitely helped my night. Okay. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, T Train in the house. Nathan Cerna is joining us as usual. Good to have you guys around. And uh, we'll have a pretty big announcement here in, in just a minute when we have a few people, jo- a few more people joining us. But. Uh, yeah, for now. Uh, my day was okay. It was, uh, I, I could have used another field goal by Tampa Bay, I'll tell you that much. And uh, I could have used a little bit of offense from the New York Giants. I, I really thought we'd get a little more, Scott. I tried to I tried to thread the needle, as I told you before the show. I tried to take the uh, Giants plus the points, and I tried to take Tampa Bay team total over. And well, I and forgot, what the, what the Giants have, like zero points in the final two and a half quarters? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty much the same as Tampa Bay had, um, as they had a uh, an opportunity there to, uh, they were seven points short with a quarter and a half left, and they scored three more points the rest of the way. So, Am I wrong for thinking that they might have kicked the field goal on that final drive before going for with Blaine Gabbert? Mm. I really thought they might have sent out the kicking unit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Big X is here. What's up, Big X? Matthew Torvik is in the house. Cost Jason Garrett his job. Well, no shit. I'll tell you what. Me Freddy and Kitchen's time to shine. Me and the teams that I follow and the teams of I bet on have killed some coaches this year, Scott. K State killed two of them. Mizzou killed Dan Mullen. And now my, I had my money on the New York Giants and they have killed Jason Garrett. Fuck it. You're welcome, everybody. everybody. Joe Judge, though, still around. Joe Judge, still around. Nathan Cerner went 5 0 on his teaser. Nice one. Had uh, Duke, LSU, Bucks, and the Hawks, and the Celtics. Cha-chingy. All right. Nicely done. The Citadel um, confused me because they slowed it down to a crawl the first couple of games, yeah. and then I look up, and they have 90-something points with about five minutes to go in the first half. And that game landed 180 or whatever it was. Um, Something. Coach collapsed about two minutes into the game, so the whole scenario was very weird. But I'm hoping the Citadel's back to playing up-tempo, but they lost, so maybe. J.C. Stones at Antelope's playing without their stud point guard last night. Yep, that was absolutely true. That that definitely hurt them. They finally, they got Still down. Tied, they tied they, at home with four to go. There were three. They were, uh, yeah, and they were well. They were three up with about eight minutes left, uh, mm-hmm. maybe six minutes left. They had a they had a shot. They just couldn't get that one last big run. That you know that twelve four run that that puts them up double digits where they can hang on and just. I thought they got good shots the entire first half. They just couldn't make anything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely true. All right, so. Uh, man, a lot of tournaments, a lot of games, a lot of opportunities. And, uh, again, we had to narrow it down. So, uh, oh, that's right. And then they fired, uh, uh, Luke Walton. Walton got fired, uh, <laughs> uh, two days ago or so, but right. I actually had money fading him in his final game. So I take partial credit for him being fired. 
Yeah, if I if I if I'd have bet on them, and they would have. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, fair enough. All right, let's do it, Scott. Let's find out uh, who took it. Who took it in the rump last night? Who had those bad breaks go against them in today's edition of Called the Caps? All right, my friend. Let's uh, get it kicked off with a little uh, NCAA basketball action. We talked about this team. My God, this team is so bad. Uh, Evansville plus four and a half against Rice uh, took them three overtimes to break your heart. Did the Purple Aces, but they eventually uh, did break your heart. They end up losing by five. If you had the Purple Aces plus four and a half, you got hooked. Time to call the cops. And looking at the second one, if you had Texas A&M first half money line at around plus 110 against Wisconsin, you led by 13 points with less than five minutes to go in the first half. Wisconsin then went on a 15-1 to run over the final four minutes and 45 seconds. Aggies trailed by one at halftime. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. And finally, if you had a Cal Poly and Nickel State under 134, you're looking great at halftime. 48 points in the first half. Landed 124 after regulation. Oh, shit. It's an even number. Does that... Yep, that's exactly what it means. 62-62. And uh, they didn't... It's, it's one of those things like, well, maybe they could have a slow overtime and they'd, you know, miss some shit. No. 23 points in overtime. Suck a bag of dicks. You're done. Uh, if you had Cal Poly Nickel State under 134. Woo-hoo, baby. Call them cops. I'm sure there's a couple more we were omitting because you had so many games yesterday. Oh yeah, those were three in college basketball that just jumped off the page. Yeah, we could have done it. We could have done a cop show. We could have called it cops. Uh, oh wait, I'm sorry, that's taken. Hey, uh, boys. Quick reminder to everybody: a couple of things. Please don't forget to smash that like button. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel if you haven't done so already. Uh, check us out on podcast form if you're out and about. And you need to listen to us on the go. And please, please, for God's sakes, for the love of God, listen to uh, Just Parlays over there with Chris with Chris King. The King of Parlays, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right over there on the WWSBN. FBN. Yeah, the, the Winners and Winners Sports Betting Network. That's right, guys. You heard it here first. Patent pending. And finally, finally, a quick word about this week's shows. All I can tell you guys, tune in tomorrow because we are- Strap in. We are going to put three days worth of shows into one day. We, Scott and I are going to marathon the fuck out of it. We're going to have our regular show. Then we're going to do our college show. And then we're going to do our NFL show. And then I'm going to go ham on some Thanksgiving food. And that's I'm going to, have, I'm going to need a day to eat and a day to recover. That's the way that's it works. I, that's ironic, right? Uh, that's right. It's you're it's going ham on turkey. That's right. I'm going ham on turkey. So Scott and I have a rare... Uh, a couple of days off. When I say a couple of days off, of course, Scott's still writing his articles, doing his videos. I'll still be doing my regular videos and my premium videos. So, uh, days off is a uh, is a relative term. But anyway, uh, for the for Thursday and Friday, we will not be here in this regular spot. Please tune in tomorrow uh, as you're bebopping around and doing your stuff, and we will be uh, yeah doing a big one, doing a big one. You ready? Yeah, looking forward to it. Strapped in, should be fun. I'm not ready yet. I'll be ready for tomorrow. Yep. Uh, J.R. Black's in the house. Y'all beast mode. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Suck a bag of D. I, I don't pull that one out very often, Nathan. 
Uh, college basketball wagering is evil. The refs determine the outcomes of, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I ain't going to lie with that. That's, uh, I don't know about the evil part, but the refs uh, definitely uh, have a hand in the, in the outcome very often. So. Well, especially when today's basketball, not really as much in the NBA, but of course you still have people arguing. College basketball, everybody, when they go to the rim, looks like they got shot. <laughs> Everyone's just flying on the floor. Can I interest you in playing some soccer, perhaps? All right. Uh, well, I was going to bet on soccer this morning, and I accidentally overslept to the college basketball portion of the parlay, but I liked Bayern money line. I like minus 300. I was going to bet that parlay, but then I got high. Mm-hmm. I just took a nap. Okay. Even worse. No excuse for even, it. Even worse, man. <laughs> all right. You ready? Let's do it. Let's find out. I know all three of your bets were here, Scott. Let's find out who was sitting in the rocket chair yesterday. So the first one was in hockey. If you had the Blue Jackets and the Sabres over five and a half, you had four goals in the first period, four goals in the second period, and for fun, three more goals in the third period. So the game landed 11. Very good. Very good indeed. And if you had Cincinnati plus 12 over Illinois, uh, led by three at halftime, that's not ideal. But Cincinnati... Uh, they kind of uh, took a little uh, took a little rice shell there in the second half, and uh, Cincinnati Cincinnati actually uh, ended up winning by twenty. Sorry, Illinois. Not uh, all of a sudden, Scott. Not good. Uh, not very good. I'm not a big fan of Underwood as a coach. That's why last year I thought Loyola Chicago had a shot against them because I don't think Illinois is well coached. Coburn played, so they can't even use that as as an excuse anymore. They were up fifteen in the first half. And then a loss by 20. Can we start? You know how hard that is to do in college? Can we start saying uh, he ain't called Overwood? You can say that. He didn't. They didn't score, so you can do that. That's right. There you go. All right. Uh, you got the last one? And, yep. Looking at the last one, if you had the Pacers plus one against the Bulls, they led by 21 at the half, and they won by 32. Second out of a back-to-back, Bulls looked like they didn't want to be there. Very good. Very good. All right. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to officially... Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give out the kid's pick. All right. Okay. All right. He's got just one today. So go into this knowing it's a parlay. It's a parlay system. It loses more than it wins. Okay. That's the first not thing. profit, but in terms of quantity of bets, correct. I think he's, I think he's like seven and 13. However, his current ROI is 24 and a half percent. He's been doing exactly two weeks. So here it is. It's a correlated parlay system, and tonight's play is the uh, Edmonton Oilers and the over. That should pay you somewhere in the neighborhood of plus 268. So good luck. That is an official Steen Machine parlay in the hockey. So uh, that's at Steen Machine in Twitter. So when that pick loses, make sure you just blow him the fuck up and say, why would you do that? So Okay. All right, there you go. Uh Moving on, uh, what else we got today, Scott? Um, oh, I know what we. Oh, Couple other oh, I know what we got. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's. This is just awful. Just awful. Um, who didn't piss us off? But who disappointed us? All right, that's enough of that. I got to tell you, I saw this score at halftime, and it. I, I thought there was something wrong. I really did. I thought, I thought they forgot to add a quarter yeah. for one of these teams. It was brutal. Go ahead, bud. 
So, looking at the Magic taking on the Bucks, no Cole Anthony, so you would have figured Orlando was screwed anyway, but now they really had no shot. But the Bucks had to put the line somewhere. They put the Magic at plus 13, and unfortunately, that's what they needed arguably in the first 10 minutes because they trailed by 41 points at halftime, and they lost the game by 31. So I know that they were supposed to lose. The Bucs are starting to play better. Now that Middleton's back, they're basically healthy again. The Magic are one of the worst teams in the league. You're down 41 points at the half. I'm just disappointed. I want to I want to talk to you about the offensive production of the Orlando Magic last night. They is that put, is that is that uh is that also a little, a little bit ironical because they don't have any offense? Yes, it, they were they were is this team offensive? Yes, they were very offensive yesterday. They scored 16 in the first quarter, 20 in the second quarter, mm-hmm. 20 in the third quarter, and then they finished with 36 to get to a respectable sort of 92. Good God, Scott, 36 at halftime. Come on. Well, that's the thing. Cole Anthony's their leading scorer. He didn't play it, but he's also their leading scorer because he just shoots more than everybody else. I don't know if Cole Anthony's an efficient player, but he at least is not afraid to take shots. The issue with Orlando is when you're rolling out two centers with Bamba and with Carter, your spacing's going to be a mess. Yes. And it seems like Orlando constantly just has no room to operate or their players aren't really good enough to operate on their own, and it might be a little bit of both. Yep. I don't really like Mo Bamba. Not a fan. Wasn't a fan. Bamba, I think, is eh. I don't think he should be starting. I think he's a bench big man. Wasn't a fan of Texas. Not a fan now. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> Speaking of the NBA, let's find out. Oddsmakers were drinking yesterday, Scott. And man, I think they got hammered on this one. Let's find out why the oddsmakers were drunk. Now, if you listen to our show on a regular basis, you know one of our favorite things to do is fade the New Orleans Pelicans. Why? Well, because they're terrible. They went into last night's game with a 3-15 and record playing the Timberwolves. Okay, Timberwolves, not a great team. We'll admit that. But however, they're not New Orleans. Uh, Scott, can you tell me why the Timberwolves were just a three-point favorite? Can I tell you why? Yeah, tell me why. Because I don't, I don't like Mondays. won their last two home games, I guess. Okay. I don't really know. Yeah. Um, well, it, uh, it came out about like you might expect. Three-point favorites, T-Wolves win that one by 14. There you go. They were up 20-something in the third quarter, but I'm actually annoyed at myself because I took a prop in that game. I was going to take Minnesota minus two on the overnight, and I just looked at it, and I really thought it was an okey-doke. I just couldn't get right. past it where the odds makers were so drunk. They've got a line on it. Their... that they were insanely sober. Half the, half the T-Wolves team is, is, is going to sit, going to take the night off, and they, you didn't Every know Every now and yet. then you'll find a line like that in yep. the NBA where it doesn't make any sense. So you think the odds makers might be the most brilliant people in the room, and it turns out they were just asleep at the wheel. Just hammered. Just just yep. hammered. So there you go. So my bad on that one. I should have trusted my instincts. But still, Pelicans, not a good team. Uh, Neither are the Rockets, by the way. 15 15 straight losses for Houston. Impressive. Impressive. So, yes, the uh, uh, in retrospect, the Pelicans were a short dog, or uh, and uh, uh, Houston was on the road, but yet we played Grand Canyon. So, solid. Well, Houston was a double-digit underdog. Then Jalen Brown was announced that he was going to play right before the game. I actually almost took the team total under for the Rockets as well, which I ended up not doing. That Boston defense really good. Houston's still over at home. I mean, on the road. Mm-hmm. They can't win a road game to save their lives. And they can't cover. Yeah. All right, very good. Uh, 
quick reminder there, listen to just parlays. I got a hard I got a hard time yesterday. Chris was Chris was busting my balls a little bit for not putting the banner up. So there's the banner, everybody. Check it out. And in fairness, he is uh, he is hot. All right. So uh let's take a look and see what we got here. Uh Cincinnati comes back to Earth today. Arkansas minus five. I don't mind that. Arkansas looked okay. I think Arkansas is good. I still don't know what to think of that northern Iowa game. Because they came back, they covered mm-hmm. from that miraculous game where they were down one and somehow covered 12 and a half with three minutes to go. It was a crazy run there. This Cincinnati team, they play really good defense. And Arkansas, I do think, of course, wants to push the pace. Cincinnati doesn't. But if you're expecting a letdown spot after such a huge win against a ranked team, I do think you can expect Cincinnati to struggle. I'm probably going to pass on that game. What, Arkansas Arkansas's- Huge win over Kansas State. That's you know not not due for a letdown spot. Uh, you make an argument that the second half was nap time. They had their let. Off. They had their letdown spot in the mm-hmm. second half. Uh, Brandon Zerf is Shamanad, baby. Yeah, I believe we both liked Shamanad yesterday. Plus the points against Oregon. It's always a, it's always a fun thing. You know, it's I don't know when we stopped piling on Oregon. We we talked we talked about Oregon in a bounce back spot today, but. I don't think we're there. I like Oregon. I think Oregon's in a good spot today. St. Mary's had the late game against Notre Dame last night, barely won. I don't think Notre Dame's very good, but uh, Oregon still has talent. It's two and a half. That spread does seem a bit low. Agreed. Uh, here's another one that I think is a little bit low at the end of the day. It's uh, Jacob Houston wants to know about his namesake minus seven and a half over Wisconsin. Uh, I'm fading the cheddar heads there, Scott. This, I think this Houston team's really good. I don't know if I can take it now. I loved it when the line opened at five. Yeah. And my dad also was telling me, you know, Wisconsin came back and won. He texts me about uh, my college teams every now and then. I'm like, yeah, uh, a good win, whatever. He's like, Houston's going to kill this team. He's like, I was watching this Houston team. Wisconsin's screwed. I'm like, yeah, I think you're right about that one. So my dad likes Houston by about 40. Uh, Yeah, Wisconsin's not going to score. That's the issue you have. They had a great comeback against A&M. I'm talking about Wisconsin. After that first half, we talked about it on Call the Cops. But the issue that you have is that Houston has the rebounding edge. They have the rim protection edge. And athletically, they are so much more gifted than Wisconsin. I'm expecting Wisconsin to struggle to reach 55 points. Yeah, I wouldn't be so I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Tony Starks likes the Heat Clippers and the Ball State money line tonight. Uh I like well, what's Buffalo what's Buffalo playing for? Nothing. Um, uh, yeah, that's I mean that's Ventrese is out, so the backup quarterback we know can't throw. Yeah, you mean, at this time, at this time of year, you've got to check and, and check bowl eligibility and see who needs that win for bowl eligibility. And Ball State does, while Buffalo has no shot. So yeah, it's a huge plus. I think at the end of the day, I think Ball State's a better team. Um, yeah, they are. Ball State struggled down the stretch, but you're looking at Buffalo. This team has been trying to give the same rah rah speech for the last couple of weeks. They haven't won. It's not working. I don't think their coach is very good. So I got to go with Ball State because this team still has senior night. This team, most of the players from last year's team did win the championship last year in the MAC. So I do think they're going to want to send them off on a high note. I'm assuming you agree with that. I do think Ball State should be pretty amped up for this game. Yeah, I agree. And Ball State has been a, a team that doesn't do a great job with the number. And they're also a team that doesn't necessarily run the ball all that well, but against this Buffalo defense. They should be able to have success. This Buffalo uh, rush defense is awful. Gave up 308 to Northern Illinois last week. So 
I see somebody asking me about North Carolina and basketball because they're lying about 23 and a half tonight. I'm not laying that with, with North Carolina. Now, no. even though I went to Wisconsin, North Carolina is my favorite college basketball team, but I watched them play a little bit against Brown, a little bit against Charleston. It's the same team as last year. They got a couple of big men. None of them really have much touch. And the guard play is mediocre at best. And I don't think they're very good. Now, they lost to Tennessee. They lost to Purdue. Those two teams are good. They're ranked teams. I'm not going to roast them too hard for, for losing that. But favored by 23 and a half when your guard play is not good and you're an atrocious free throw shooting team is not ideal for me. I can't like 23 and a half with North Carolina. You? Uh, no. I, 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 do you think you're 23 and a half points better than anybody? Yeah, I do. But that's a pretty, I do. It's a pretty short if list. If they play Central Michigan, then I'll look into it. <laughs> right. But, you know, I, there's not many teams. North Carolina, if you're going to be up by a ton in the second half, and you're in the bonus double bonus with eight minutes to go, but you can't hit a damn free throw, then what's the point? Right. Um, Jacob wants to know about the Western Michigan-Northern Illinois game. You and I talked a little bit about this before the show. This is a game where I like Northern Illinois getting points. Now, what is baked into here? And I'm not sure I'm buying this narrative. but I, I just mentioned the narrative no, before it, we went on air because it's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, and it is. It's, it seems to be baked into this line because – you would think Northern Illinois, that's already won, the, that's already won the West. They're headed to the MAC championship game next week. You, you would think they would be a favorite over a Western Michigan team that's just six and five on the season. But what is anticipated by some is Northern Illinois to kind of take their foot off the, the gas ball. at least in the second half and pull some and pull some players and save them for next week's game, uh, championship game against whoever that may be. So. For me, I, I still like Northern Illinois in this spot. This is a team that just runs the football extremely well, especially at home. Um, Western Michigan has been an underachieving squad pretty much the entire season. They saw last week what a team that's uh, able to run the football can do as Eastern Michigan just gashed them. Uh, I, I like Northern Illinois catching the points here. I was tempted to, but I do kind of question the odds makers on this one. Because money has come in on Western Michigan. I've even seen four in some spots. Yep. So I'm actually going to not take the side because that does seem a little bit just jarring with the amount of line movement that I've seen. I think if you want Northern Illinois, take the first half. If you think there's a chance that the starters get benched late in the game. I don't really like the overall number in this spot. So I'm going to stay away from it. But as you know, my play of the day is on the total. And that line has moved. So hopefully that cashes. But I do think they'll win my play a factor. Uh, I do think that you'll see Northern Illinois maybe pull Lombardi in the third, fourth quarter. Maybe just a lot of conservative play calling. But when you have a conference title game up next, the main goal is to stay healthy in the regular season finale. And I do think that could potentially play a factor into this number. I just don't know. I just don't know how... I just don't know how they tank for on senior night. I mean, I guess it's certainly possible, but uh, Scott Nowak is here. First time chiming in. Good to see you, Scott. I've seen you in the comment section on, on the videos before. So good to have you here live in person. Uh, St. John's over 154, golden. I have a hard time taking unders with St. John's because, as I said earlier in the year with their style with Anderson as the coach, they full court press or they try to press the majority of the time. They're very, very, let's just say, confident with their shots. Let's put it that way. They might not be good shots, but they'll take it quickly. So I don't mind that. The question is, do you think St. Francis provides any offense of any kind? I think if they score 70, 
60, I'd say 65, you should be fine. The question is, do they get there? You? Yeah, that's that. And that is the, uh, the question there. It's, it's, it's not about St. John's. It's about how many they're going to, they're going to allow. So St. John's has really never been a good team to put it to bad opposition. Now Mississippi Valley state's a separate case because we could put it to Mississippi Valley state, but St. John's in the past has struggled to really blow teams out. They kind of play with their food a little bit. I would not be surprised to see St. Francis get some success offensively in this game, maybe scoring 70. And if that happens, I have to agree with you. I think it's going over. Uh, one of the biggest spreads of the night. Somebody asked us about the Uno Texas Tech game. Tech by about 30 in, a lot. in this one. Um, God, this Omaha team. Uh, Omaha. They're awful. They're awful. But you know what? They uh, they covered against K-State. K they covered against Ball State. Uh, Texas Tech. Play, I have Texas, no interest in laying 30. It's just too, I'm, Texas, I'm not Texas Tech plays with their food. They were 21 and a half. North Florida didn't cover. 26 to Grambling pushed. 23 and a half. They covered against Prairie View A&M. And then uh, the dreaded IW, Incarnate Word, uh, 28 and a half. They don't cover that. So the the... The two monsters they haven't they haven't covered, so I'm not getting involved with 30 points. I like this tech team and I hate this Uno team, but you know, fucking weird shit happens around 30 points. So I'm just not sure what the actual motivation is to run up the score on this team. I think you'll see Tech go up 20 something, arguably in the first half. Right, right. But then you're going to empty out the entire bench. Yep. Texas Tech isn't exactly a team that is elite offensively. They're not bad. But I think we can agree that even though Beard is no longer there, this team still prides itself on his defense, and I think you'll see a relatively low-scoring game. I have a hard time laying 30 with a team that might only score, what, 75? Yeah. 80? I have a hard time laying that. Just, uh, you see all the guys out for Islanders with protocol? Yeah, they're, uh, they're missing a bunch of COVID guys. Uh, Char is now out, which might be addition by subtraction because he's he's terrible. Char, Char is so bad at this stage in his career. But the Islanders are playing games shorthanded. So if you want to fade them, I don't blame you because they really have not been that great even when they were fully healthy. They're not playing tonight, but tomorrow they don't play tonight, right? That's tomorrow? I believe that's correct, right? Yeah, they play. yeah so yeah. I would fade the Islanders potentially in regulation because you're missing so many guys. You're missing your two arguably best defensemen with Pollock and Pellick, and I do think that's going to hurt. As much as I like Sorokin, he's by himself out there. The defense is non-existent. The power play stinks. There's really a lot of issues with this team. Texas Tech over. I sure wouldn't play. I wouldn't play an under with Tech involved. Um, gonna, I'm just going to fully stay away. They're going to put, but they're going to put up between 85 and 90 on Uno. So. I think they should. I think it's some. It depends on pace. I mean, I think that they should score 85, give or take, which yep. is why I'm kind of pumping the brakes on the actual. Uh, spread because the question is do i think Omaha can maybe get to 55 maybe i don't know yep that's your that's your question uh wofford south carolina lines going wofford plus five and a half th plus three and a half i don't know because south carolina i was down on to start the year they have played a little bit better over the last couple of weeks now wofford's gotten some pretty rough matchups to start the year uh they've been fine you know, they're, they're Wofford. They're going to be a pretty decent Southland team pretty much every year. But they're 4-1. and one. They lost to Clemson. They've beaten everybody else. So Clemson's a pretty good team. They hung tough. You beat uh, two non-D1 teams. You beat Hampton. You beat Georgia Southern. Can I really buy into that? 
too much. I don't really know. You? Three and a half seems a little short, but I'm not I'm not sure what we've got with this South Carolina t- team. You know, they they beat USC Upstate, which is a traditionally one of the worst teams around. Uh, got beat by Princeton. That's a it's not a terrible loss. It's a bad loss. You, you lose by four is six point chalk. That's that's not ideal. That was and, a neutral uh, though. It wasn't it wasn't a home game. Okay. Just throwing it out there. Well, fuck it. You know, the only thing you should lose to Princeton is a spelling bee. Sorry, bud. Yeah. Beat uh, Western Kentucky, though, and beat UAB. So okay. this team seems to have gone back on track. The issue that I'm looking at for Wofford is the rebounding. Because even with two matchups against non-D1 teams, yep. they're averaging 36 rebounds per game. South Carolina is averaging 45. Yeah. So I think you might have some serious problems on the boards for Wofford. As you might but we know that this team usually has a couple of marksmen from behind the arc. The question is, is Wofford going to shoot well enough from the outside to cover? I liked it a lot more at five and a half, but I'm not going to chase the steam there because I do think the rebounding edge is pretty glaring for South Carolina. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, a couple of reasons. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the line moves right and I don't want to chase it. Yeah. Oakland over Rice. I have to like Oakland in that spot because Uh, we talked about Rice yesterday. They're off a triple overtime game. I think they're going to be exhausted. And Oakland's been good. I like this. Vermont. They won a couple of games here. The the Vermont win, I think, was was pretty surprising. Uh, they're not a team that scores a lot. They're not gonna they're they're not gonna you know just beat the shit out of you running up and down the court. But uh, they've also got a nice win over Toledo, Scott, which yeah. you know, we're maybe talk about a little bit later. They've got Oakland a win. might be a sneaky team in the MAC. Uh, they've got they got a one of the more the, surprising uh, wins Horizon, of the season. Sorry. Um, they got a win over Oklahoma State as a 17-point dog when win by one over the Cowboys. So, um, I'm t- I've got I've got to play Oakland there. I'm just not a fan of this uh, this Rice team. Like you said, off a triple off a triple overtime against Evansville last night, they did get the win over the Purple Aces, but that's a bad Evansville team too. Um, I think Oakland might win the Horizon. This team I thought would be okay. Usually they struggle at a conference and they pick it up in conference play. They're picking up wins. I think Vermont's a good team and you've beat them. We already talked about the other impressive one that they had. I think Oakland with the spot edge as well, because when you're playing so many games in a row, the last thing you want is triple overtime. Yep. And, and Evansville technically covered today. They did not play well against Vermont. They lost the game, but I do think that Rice is going to struggle. This line does seem a bit too low. Stephen F. Austin against Buffalo. We talked about this game before. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we went on air, at least. Yeah, you and I'm, I go- I'm going with Buffalo. Okay. I think this is a good team. St. Francis ha- is a team. Oh, St. Francis is not, usually... not, not Austin. Sorry. Wait, what? I said Stephen F. Austin. I said SFA. It's St. Francis. Sorry. Is no, it? No, it's Stephen F. Austin. Oh, okay. Oh, you're talking yeah, about their, their right. win. That's, why, right. that's why he threw me off. Like, yeah, what? But I'm going with Buffalo. I'm not going to roast Buffalo for losing in Michigan and covering. You know, they they hung tough. They're an experienced team. St. Francis is one of the best teams in their conference every year, but it's also one of the weaker conferences that there are in all of D1 basketball. I think Buffalo is the more talented team. I think Buffalo in basketball is a lot better than Buffalo in football. I'll <laughs> take the Bulls. You? <laughs> That's solid logic right there. Yeah, I kind of lean I kind of lean the other way in this one. Um, so... I, I don't know. Here, here's another one we talked about, about just how bad the Central Michigan team with Bell, with Bellarmine tonight. 
Bellarmine, Bellarmine laying. I, I like Bellarmine. Bellarmine laying six and a half, and you always talk about their unique offense. Scott, they score sixty and a half points a game. Tell us how they're unique. What do they do? They are. There's actually a great YouTube video that came out a couple of weeks ago breaking down their offense. They are a pretty much a pass only offense. They barely dribble. It's a lot of backdoor cuts, kind of reminiscent of the old Princeton offenses okay. that used to be run. But they're a very, very unique team to prepare for with only one day of prep or no days of prep. Central Michigan got run out by Gonzaga. Am I supposed to criticize Bellarmine for playing Gonzaga and UCLA back-to-back games? Of course not. They've been in some brutal scheduling spots, but I think this Bellarmine team is better than the record shows because they're over. I think they're better than that. Central Michigan is terrible. I yeah. said I thought Gonzaga would kill this team. When you need a buzzer beater to beat Eastern Illinois, you got problems. I think Bellarmine rolls tonight. Yeah, you saw Central Michigan lose to Missouri by 10. You go, oh, maybe the Central Michigan's uh, got a little something. And then you find out Missouri's terrible. So that game means absolutely nothing. Uh, poor Bellarmine, dude. Seriously, Purdue, Gonzaga, UCLA, a little St. Mar- they played Purdue. They played the top three teams in the country because Purdue is now number three. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I can't criticize them for that. You just walk into three losses. What do they got? I mean, Kate, that, that's how it works out. But Kate, you up next? I would recommend watching that YouTube video. I think it's by Hoop Vision, I think. They okay. did a whole breakdown of Bellarmine's offense for like 12 minutes. Very interesting stuff. And Central Michigan defensively, absolute joke. No, nothing nothing there at all. Uh, yes, if you want to lay six and a half with an 0-5 team, this is your spot. Or... You can look at it as the 0-5 team is favored by 6.5, yep. so you have to bet it. Absolutely. Uh, Bien Trabajo said, I might get my overalls out for Oakland. I agree with that. I, think, I like that Oakland team. Yeah, I think it's a solid, solid team. Um, what else in the college card gets you going tonight? Anything? Well, I see Nathan's talking about Central Connecticut being the next Pine Bluff. Yeah. They're right there. They're trying to be converted because they're really trying to become one of the ultimate fades in all of college basketball. Of course, Mississippi Valley is untouchable. They take the cake. There's there's no beating them. Pine Bluffs actually covered a game or two, so they're starting to become not totally atrocious. Chicago State reverted back to being terrible. Now they're getting killed by 30 every game, so I guess they're back to being terrible. But, yeah, Central Connecticut has been a mess for years. Just it's time we might we might have to start putting some respect on their name in the fade category. Awful defense. Just, just absolutely dreadful defense. Um just there's I don't know what there's nothing good to say about this Central Connecticut team. I I I take the Bears in that spot. I'm not I'm, the Bears kind of underperformed so far this season, but uh, that that was a bad loss to Colorado that the Black Bears had. I don't think that's a good Colorado team, but uh, they got a couple of bad losses to the the big boys for Virginia Tech and Colorado. But I think Central Connecticut's on the next level bad. I see somebody was asking about Providence tonight against Virginia. Virginia is one of those teams that obviously are always annoying to try to predict because if their defense shows up, they can win any game. If they don't, then they're going to lose, which is how that works out because Providence is undefeated. They haven't really played many guys. I mean, they beat they beat Wisconsin on the road, which is impressive because it's in the Cole Center. So you win that game, that's impressive. Virginia hasn't really played anybody either. They played Houston. They got buried. Uh, they were trailing at the half against Georgia. One and a half for Providence being favored. What do you think? Because I, I think that anytime Virginia is a dog, you got to be tempted by it because they do find ways to win games. They're just not a very talented roster. I think life's too fucking short to bet on Virginia. That's what I think. 
I, I, I don't okay. want I don't want to get involved with them at all on either side on totals nothing nothing that, I was actually tempted by the over in this game which is of course sacrilegious taking it over in a Virginia fucking, what is it 114 or something it's 121 and a oh, half, okay which I think is a bit low I actually think this game will get into the mid 120s I think Providence has enough offense to score against this Virginia defense and Virginia offensively is definitely not good but I do think that after Providence gave up 72 to a, to a Northwestern team that I don't think is very good, I do think there might be some openings. So I actually lean to the over in that one. I'll stay away. One of the most interesting games for totals was the Merrimack game. The Merrimack game I found fascinating because that total was around 124, 123 and a half on the overnight. I liked the under, and then it went down to 121. But you have conflicting styles because Hartford plays no defense and Merrimack barely scores 50 points in a given game. So you're really looking at what you think is going to happen from a game flow perspective. That Merrimack team, when it comes to totals, looks like Virginia on steroids. Not because of their good defense. It's because they're a bottom 20 pace and because they can't shoot the ball. So I'd look at an under there in the Merrimack game. I think that one of those teams might not reach fit, might not reach 60. Both teams might not reach 60. I look at the under there. Uh, Lawrence asking about Long Beach State. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely can understand that. I thought they were going to be the new Citadel because of the pace, but offensively, they're not very good. Um, that's the problem. Yeah, that's well, they shoot they shoot the three, and they and they play no defense, and they play fast. Yeah. So that's that. The how many how many did they give up? against Murray State. That's that's the other question. I'm going to check that, but I'm assuming anywhere anywhere below 40, 75. 40, 43, so they're sit, they're sitting 59. So I'm sure that game was in the 150s, so you're probably fucked on an over there. I don't mind a live over on that second half, but it just started, so never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Good talk. All right, cool. Good, good chat. All right. Uh Oregon SMU. Um, Oregon, Oregon plays St. Mary's. Oh, St. Mary's. Sorry. <laughs> I like Oregon in that spot. I think the line's too low. I watched St. Mary's play. I don't think Notre Dame's a good basketball team. They haven't really been great for the last two years under Bray. And yet that game came down to the wire. We know St. We know St. Mary's takes the life out of the ball. They'll hold it for 29 out of 30 seconds every time. But you know, Oregon has the better athletes and it's not even close. Yep. Give me Oregon. All right, Scott. So there's one game that everybody wants to talk about. Everybody else is talking about it. We got to talk about it too. It's the UCLA Gonzaga game tonight, and uh, we've seen some interesting. Well, you already play. have a play on that. I do. I have a play on the side, but I don't have a play on the total. Somebody's asking about the total, and I would. Uh, the line has gone from four and a half to seven in favor of Gonzaga right now. So because I have a side, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you speak to the side, and I'll chime in on the total. I'll just say I like Gonzaga more four and a half than seven. At seven, I got to go with UCLA. I think it's too many points. I watched Gonzaga. I watched the entire game against Central Michigan. I expected them to win by 50. They won by about 50. Having said that, I don't think Gonzaga's guards are that good. I think the big men are solid, of course. They got Timmy and, and Holmgren, probably the best front court in the entire country. The guards really didn't impress me. I don't think their guard play is very good, and I think UCLA has enough experience to keep this team on its toes with the backcourt. Now, Gonzaga, I think, is going to win because I think the, the, that they are the more talented team. Seven does seem pretty high for a 1v2, don't you think? 
I agree. I think I think seven is a, a little tall in that game. This is a uh... Gonzaga could still cover. I, I just think that it's a bit of an overreaction to the fact that Gonzaga beat Texas handily, and UCLA really hasn't played many quality opponents. But is Texas that good? They barely scored against Northern Colorado. Right. I'm not sure how much I should buy into that win. Well, that's that's the question, and I don't know. I don't really understand why the movement, why everybody has just pounded the Zags. Um, because I, they won the last game by 50, and people are overreacting. But they're playing an actual opponent this for this one. I I can't overreact to a game against Central Michigan because that team is atrocious. Do you think this is all driven by the fact they only beat Bellarmine by 13 points, and what could be the granddaddy of all look ahead spots? I think it could be. I'm trying to think of other angles besides maybe the boards, but I do think UCLA's guards are better than Gonzaga's guards. I I agree with that, but if you if you look at it from the other standpoint, I don't know when when Gonzaga goes big. I don't know what UCLA does to counter with that. You want you want to put you want to. Uh... They, well, they, you got to hope Johnson missing, doesn't get into foul trouble. They're missing he's Riley. Like the only big man they have. You know what? Johnson played 36 minutes in their overtime game um, before, and he against against Villanova. He scored two points on one shot and had five rebounds. So he's I'm, a body. I know he's a body, but you're right. I mean, yeah, and they get him in foul trouble. It's really lights out, but I don't know how much of a presence he is and. And I still like the matchup with the two of them against Johnson and the four guards because they don't really have a forward with Riley out. Yeah, Stephen, answer your question. Uh, looking at who Gonzaga lost last year, of course they brought back Timmy, who's very good. But you lost Kispert, your best three-point shooter. And the main loss was Jalen Suggs, who was by far their best backcourt player last year. I think the backcourt for this team is fine. I don't think it's extraordinary. And I think that Juzang is a matchup problem for this team. Gonzaga's defense is solid. I'll give them that. I think the rim protection is good, but UCLA can stretch the floor. They got a couple of guys. I think UCLA is going to keep this game close. Okay. All right. And, and as far as the total goes, any way you get involved with the under here? I'm actually tempted by the under. Okay. I think this total is too high. I, I, th- I feel like you're pricing Gonzaga in to automatically score 85 to 90. And I think UCLA is going to be one of, if not the best defense this team has faced all season long. Let's just say I don't think the over's a lock. I think that the under's got a shot to cash here, especially if you're expecting a physical, competitive game between one and two. I think this game could finish in the low 150s, high 140s. I think it's definitely a correlated situation. If you like if you like the Zags to cover that big number, I think you ought to pound the over go with that. And yeah, if, if I, you, I think if you like Gonzaga to cover, they're scoring 85 tonight. If you like UCLA to keep it close, I think it's going to be a grind, and then you're going to correlate that with the under. So I think that's the best advice I can give on that one. All right, buddy, it is time. You and I, uh, after having a very nice uh, uh, couple of week run, we've uh, been a little cold here lately. So it's time to uh, it's time to get off the schneid, as they say. Scott, put on your lucky straw hat, would you please? And uh, let's get ready to all climb on the John Deere tractor together as we put our heads together and we've come up with our very favorite play. For the day, Scott, once again, it is time to bet the farm. All right, my antelopes went down in flames yesterday, so it's back to you, sir. So for this one, we're going to be looking at a matchup taking place in a tournament in the Bahamas. We're looking at Toledo 
minus two and a half against Tulane at minus 110 on bet MGM. Cupboard's why we like Toledo in the spot. First of all, Toledo offensively significantly better uh, than Tulane. Toledo ranks 49th in offense efficiency, while Tulane ranks 179th. You also have to worry about fatigue because Tulane had to go to overtime against Drexel yesterday in the first round, while Toledo took care of business easily against Charlotte. So I do think fatigue will play a factor in the second half. Tulane also might be missing its third leading scorer, Kevin Cross, who is averaging 15 points per game and shooting 63% from the floor. So Tulane might be a bit shorthanded offensively. And Toledo is a very good free-throw shooting team, while Tulane is not. The Rockets are shooting roughly 77% from the foul line, while the Green Wave is shooting around 65%. We do think that with Cross potentially out, you should see Toledo really just put the pedal to the metal. And I do think that with Cross potentially being out, or at least less than 100%, Tulane's offense will struggle to keep up. Give us two, uh, give us uh, Toledo minus two and a half at minus 110 on bet MGM. There you go. That's going to do it for our bet the farm play for today. Take Dim Rockets to cover the number. Once again, guys, don't forget to check out Chris King and Just Parlays, 1.30 Eastern time each and every day over there on our YouTube channel. And again, tomorrow, we will be here a regular time doing a jumbo-sized Thanksgiving feast of a show as we do our regular show, our college football top 25 preview show, and our NFL show complete with our predictions for all three Thanksgiving games. It should be a barrel of fun. Strap in, make yourself a drink, get comfortable. Probably off work early tomorrow. What a better way to, no better way to spend it. So go Toledo. Good luck to all of you guys. Thanks for joining us today. As always, have a great day. We'll see you next time as we head back to the window with Scott and Scott. Take care, everybody.